0: Fly ball.
1: Good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening, folks. Thank you very, very much for listening. The date today is the twelfth of November, year of our Lord two thousand and twenty. Welcome to another episode of the Motown Rundown, the tenth uh, installment of the show. Matthew, congratulations! We've officially been on for two months now, um, not including the pilot, so this is "quote unquote" our eleventh, but it's it's our tenth official episode. Um, a lot of things th- also. Ten
0: episodes is like two and a half months, so we would have hit two months technically around like our eighth episode. That's ten weeks.
1: It's five weeks in a month. It was like four and a half. We two months. We'll just, whatever. Move on. Two months. So uh, doesn't matter. A lot of things on the docket today. Uh, a lot of things we want to talk about. The thing that we want to talk about the least. Something that I'm not. I'm not going to contribute at all. I'm going to give Matthew the reins here. He's going to riff for a few minutes. Uh, I don't remember what the score was, Matthew, because I I don't care anymore. The Lions lost to a really bad team they lost to the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday um and it was like oh Matthew Stafford is gonna play that's fun and then gets concussed um Matthew uh, Matthew Prater Matt Prater's like falling off a cliff I guess um Matthew just let's, let's let's get get us out of here what what happened I just I looked it up to double check because I honestly forgot
0: to I didn't care as much as you 34 to 20 was the final though against the Vikings. <clears throat> it was a must win. And I hate to say that because every game for the lions, every season is pretty much must win. Um, the Vikings have been terrible this season, aside from when Dalvin cook plays that proved to be the the difference maker as was kind of expected. Even in my pregame jitters video, I said like, it's, it's going to kind of come down to Dalvin cook. It did. He went off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kirk cousins played, as well as he has since Matt Patricia took over against the Lions, yeah. he uh, we support Kirk Cousins because of the Spartan connection. Sure. That being said, there is a reality to like he's only going to take you so far, so it seems. So it says a lot when he has elite level games against the Lions and versus everybody else he's either mediocre or. Nothing, which I, again I hate to say, but that's just I mean, just he what was really is. good
1: against the Packers last week, too. To be totally fair, he was pretty. He was efficient. Yeah, that's he it. Was great.
0: He was efficient because I mean, when you when you can't even throw the ball more than twenty times in a game, not that he's not physically capable of it, it's just part of the game plan that they don't want to do that. If he's not going to throw more than twenty times a game, but still do what he's been doing, like you mentioned against the Packers and then even against us too, it's very frustrating. And I I think I said it after the Colts game. Uh, And I probably said it last week that we've already maxed out on losses Mm -hmm. last week. And then we lost again. We actually have to win out at this point, given the way the rest of the NFC is, to really fight for a playoff spot, which that's not going to happen. Matt Stafford, Matthew Stafford, probably played his worst game of the year. Which I hate to say, aside from the beautiful, near-perfect first half, the second half is really where yeah. the game fell
1: apart. 14, aside from how. 14 consecutive completions. No, to be fair, I'd say over half of them were checkdowns and within you know five to seven yards, but still. Which I
0: even I even tweeted out during the game, uh, it was really interesting to see how our offense uh, shifted its focus without Kenny Galladay in the lineup because we struggled so much without him in the, in the early part of the season. And then he came back and things were a little bit better. He's out again, and our offense looked—I hate to say this because we still were terrible. The offense did look better in some capacity, even though Kenny wasn't there. Offense was not good, but I think there were flashes of like, okay, they've kind of schemed something up without Kenny Galladay being there, but it was so conservative and so vanilla and didn't do anything that—take it with a grain of salt— kind of defending Matthew Stafford here only because where Stafford stands, we've said it a million times, he does deserve this much of a defense just because of how much he's been through. People forget. You don't have to love Matthew Stafford. And I know, again, we're in a very different boat than a lot of people. Last year, he had to deal with his wife Kelly getting brain surgery Mm -hmm. and going through that whole thing where she had to remember how to walk again. It was very hard for her. They have I think at the time of that surgery, they had three kids. Now they're up to four. Yes. Um, So he had to deal with that going through training camp and trying to get right for the season. Obviously, once the season kicked off, he was playing out of his mind until he played with a broken back again, and that ruined the rest of his season. So two brownie points there for last season, getting through his wife going through brain surgery and playing with a broken back. Fast forward to this year, the whole offseason is a mess for everybody, so you can't necessarily give him anything for that well he got a he had the false positive true yes i'm sorry he had the false positive i I did remember that um prior to right now he had the false positive that set off everything for the rest of the nfl to get their protocols and stuff that's when that's when
1: we learned like that's a thing you that the false positives are a thing and with this test so yeah that was and and, so that was and kelly was even like that was really difficult to deal with because he like couldn't be around anyone
0: and I don't want to say that that's foreshadowing because that was a thing in of itself but everything that happened then like I said set off a wave for the rest of the NFL to um update their protocols and make sure that everybody's in a better situation than they than, than, the, than the than the than they were um stutter machine you get into this past week Kelly put this out on Instagram for everybody to know just how difficult it's been for the Stafford family and really just probably a lot of people in the NFL, at home while Matthew was getting prepared to get to um, Minnesota and going through practice and whatnot, their daughter fell out of, if I remember correctly, I think fell out of her high chair, hit her head, got a concussion herself, and Kelly had to do all this scrambling and stuff to say, okay, I don't have Matthew here. I have a child who needs to be taken to the hospital immediately and I need to go with her, but then I also have three other daughters who I can't just leave alone. And because they said that Matthew Stafford had COVID again or was at least on the COVID list, however he was put on that list, anybody that they would reach out to said, no, we don't want to help you guys because of COVID, which was not really true in this situation. Again, he was completely fine, but he had to isolate away from his family for a week. On Saturday, I believe it was, he had to tell the team, like, hey, I don't think I can play tomorrow. I have to take care of my family right now because they're going through a lot. So he was going back and forth completely on his own, trying to figure out, okay, how? what am I going to do? Team said, it's okay. You do what you have to do. We understand. That's why there were some talks last week of Matthew not... Obviously, he wasn't in practice. Um, but there were some concerns on, uh, concerns on Sunday again, too. Like, where is he at? He has to fly there by himself. Kelly is able to get everything taken care of. So he's late to the to the team and everything. Um, He has this rough last week, a crazy last year. If you talk to anybody who has ever played with Matthew Stafford, Golden Tate, Nate Burleson, Darius Slay, anybody, they all say that he is a dog, toughest guy they've ever played with, a great leader, great teammate, great guy, great quarterback, elite, all these sorts of things. So that is just my rundown of a defense for why he played so poorly on Sunday, I guess. Which is a long-winded way of just saying. very long-winded way. Not a great game. Everybody knows that. There is a lot that goes into that. I think there's some respect that should still be paid to him. Full body of work and just with his career and everything. I sent out a tweet too. I don't want to go into a whole tangent on this because I know we want to just kind of move on from the Lions. My prediction is the Lions are going to clean house. This offseason, I think well, that's the hope. hold on. Or this aspect. is a good
1: transition. Don't go into this yet. Don't go into this yet, because this, this this sounds like it's going right. to blend perfectly into what we're about to talk about. Do you have anything else you'd like to say about the Vikings game, or can we go into this next thing?
0: No, I mean, that was a disaster of a game. We had another 10 men on the field. That's when Dalvin Cook a 70 yard uh, broke off a 70-yard run. Corey Undlin was asked about it, and all he kind of said was, it's embarrassing. Which it is, and he owned up to it, but that's
1: that's unacceptable so the question on everybody's mind seemingly all the time is what team in detroit is closest to winning a title uh what team is the closest to contention something that pretty much everybody has a conversation about at one point or another and today we're going to talk about that a little bit um i think it would probably be best if we sort of work in reverse order and i don't think there's going to be much debate i'm going to say and matthew you're the same as well the lions are last in this food yep. chain. It is not close. Now you can go into what you were going to say.
0: The Lions are probably hitting the reset button again this off season. They're going to clean house. They're going to, you would have to think move on from Matt Patricia that I can't imagine that means anything other than moving on from Matthew Stafford while he still has a few years left to contribute to somebody. Um, I don't, I don't know what we're going to do with Bob Quinn. I completely Keep understand both. both sides of it, but Not my decision, so whatever. With the Matthew Stafford thing, I want him to retire a Lion. If that's what happens, I will be happier than anybody on the planet that that happens. So this is not me vying for this to happen. I just think it makes sense. Someone who has their contract expire in the same year as Matthew Stafford, if I remember correctly, 2023. That doesn't matter a ton, but it's something to keep in mind. A team that is right on the cusp of Taking that next step, they already reached a Super Bowl just recently. They're obviously looking to actually win a Super Bowl. Someone like the San Francisco 49ers, who has a very strong defense, a lot of weapons on offense, and is a pretty run-heavy team successfully. But I've never been big on Jimmy G. He obviously, I don't want to say prove me wrong, but he got to a Super Bowl, which says a lot. I still think he got carried there. And when you end up playing the Packers in the NFC Championship game, when the Packers were very much, I hate to be so harsh, but like a fraud of a team last year, they got exposed, whatever. I think that Matthew Stafford, even in his current state, would be an upgrade to Jimmy G, who has dealt with injury problems, who has shown that he cannot really take a game over, um, and then even on the biggest of stages, we haven't seen Matthew Stafford get there, but Jimmy G wasn't able to deliver. Oh, for one, so be it, you got to a Super Bowl that says a lot. That's my prediction though. I, I think that whether it's straight up Stafford for Jimmy G, because we're gonna be resetting, we still need a quarterback. Um, and then someone like the 49ers who are they have a roster to be in win now mode. I just think that Stafford opens that opportunity for them. Uh I don't know. I I guess that's kind of all I got. Like I said, I don't want to go on longer of a tangent than that, but that's a soft prediction of mine.
1: Yeah, I don't know why we would trade for Jimmy G. Uh, I mean, maybe just to make the salaries work, but it's like this is a pretty good draft class for quarterbacks. So I
0: so I don't think that it's so much us trying to get Jimmy G. I don't think that our situation is such to where we're a quarterback away. I think Stafford is proof positive that we are not in a situation where a quarterback away. I do still think that this is a very talented roster and there is a certain somebody who is holding it back from being able to do what it probably should be doing, i.e. Matt Patricia. But I don't know that I see us keeping a lot of the pieces that we have. Keep it, like Kenny is not coming back. No. There's no way he resigns with us. Marvin Jones, gone. I think Amandola, gone. That's like all of our weapons. TJ Hawkinson is still obviously on his rookie contract. I am praying that he wants to re-sign with us when he's done with this contract. Uh we got a lot of short contracts for for other guys too. So I don't I don't see us being in a situation to where we're going to keep this core roster, get a quarterback, and then okay, we're good again. And I'm not saying that I want Jimmy Garoppolo. I just think that again with the contract thing, um, they're going to be okay like okay we'd be done with a quarterback at this time anyways let's just upgrade for that short period of time this is more of like for the 49ers maybe they send us more than Jimmy G but you're not going to trade for Stafford and keep Jimmy G unless they want to trade Jimmy elsewhere and just give us Stafford or uh, take Stafford and something like that um so that's a very that's why I said like a soft prediction i'm not saying it's just going to be straight up Stafford for Jimmy G but I I could see a situation in which Stafford ends up in San Francisco this offseason. Other than that, I really don't know where else we could send him that would be in a similar situation, because I would hope and pray that we don't send him to like the Jets just because we can get a first or second round pick.
1: I've been I've long since maintained that Tampa Bay is where he should go because Brady is forty three years old. That's not going to happen. But I wouldn't be upset. So that's not going to happen. The third team, um, I think, and I said to Matthew before we started recording, I think if we waited like two weeks, I think this team could actually be number two. But because we're having it today, um, the Pistons are number three. Is there any is there any argument there? I would put the Tigers at number three still. I don't think what really?
0: Without question. In terms of who has the brightest future? i It's not the brightest future. It's the closest to competing I for a championship. I mean, I guess they're kind
1: of synonymous, but I would say Detroit... Brightest future. Is prom- I'm sorry, Detroit. The Tigers... going to say. <laughs> yeah, the Tigers are... They got to be one or two. We have one of the best... The Red Wings... Are, we do This jump has the been a Matthew episode so far. Give me just two seconds on this. The Tigers right. have one of the best farm uh systems it that's what am i why am i saying that wrong farm systems just keep going that's you got it in baseball right now they hired one of baseball's best managers and if it's if if their future is anything like it's been uh this last year where they're able to kind of get all these fun bats on these really hilariously good contracts I just feel like we're going to be in a position within five years, I'd say probably five years, where we're like, okay. And I can't say that about the Pistons because of the landscape of the NBA. I can't say that about the Red Wings because, I mean, I'm putting the Red Wings are probably, they're one or two, and it just kind of is what it is. But I just feel like the Tigers have accumulated more assets that will um, sort of shorten the time frame for them to be good than any of the other teams. I'm not gonna fight that.
0: So I guess if if I were to give mine, going off of what I thought we were talking about, with closest to competing for a championship I'm sorry, to in me it's some the sense. Same
1: thing. So I'm sorry. To me, it's the same thing.
0: Sure, brightest future. I think there's more of a waiting game to that though
1: uh well with all fourteen, teams i think like Detroit, the window quite, on that is quite the waiting game
0: regardless of because it's really just semantics at that point the lions are last without a doubt i think there is a coin flip between the tigers and the pistons in the two three spot just because i think the pistons we've seen blake at his peak with the pistons mm-hmm. you never know like he could just be back again we talked to luke canard he is going to go off for what like 30, 12, and 13 this
1: year? It's going to be like his line? Here's the thing. You never know. Here's the thing. <laughs> if, if Even if Blake's back, which I hope, if people listening to us... Christian would. They know how we feel about Blake. But if he's back, you're, you're not getting that for more than three years. You're being awfully generous if you think in three years Blake Griffin is going to be anything like he was in 2018, 2019. If we have a fraction of that, I'm feeling pretty confident. But you and I both know that it's not sustainable for very long with him.
0: And I also, I'll use your three-year time frame, I don't want to be in a situation where he's still our best player at that point. Exactly. So I, I would hope I, that through the draft or through some chance of luck with free agency, we're able to, quote-unquote, I'm doing air quotes, replace him as our best player. We can bump him down to hopefully two or three.
1: Yeah, if that, I don't know. I just think... With the Pistons right now, the biggest problem that we have is we have a lot of young guys who are pretty fun. If it's Bruce, if it's Luke, if it's V, I don't want to lump Seku in there because we don't know what he is right now. He could be our best player in a few years. That, that's a best case scenario. That's the dream, right? But right now, as fun as all of those players are, what's their ceiling? It's the same with all of them. They are guys who you need to win championships, but they are not the guys that win you championships right now. Detroit doesn't have any of those. They have a bunch of glue guys, a bunch of roll guys. That's it. And if, if you know what, like you just said, if we get lucky in the draft and I certainly don't think it's going to be this year, but if we get lucky in the draft and find that guy at some point, that's awesome. Do we somehow get Omani Bates in what? Two years. That'd be awesome. But right now, there's nothing that has shown us that the Pistons are anything, especially, which which I mentioned this a second ago, the the landscape of the NBA right now does not favor the Pistons as some sort of dark horse um, contending team. It, sure. it just doesn't, it's not in the cards for us. And luckily, that's not the vision, but still. So that's why they're three, because, you know, where are they supposed to go right now? I don't disagree with that.
0: There's nothing that you said that I, like, full-heartedly disagree with. My only thing is I think the Tigers are still too young to think that they're just going to be a brand-new team.
1: I agree with that.
0: Like, whether it's this year. Chris Fetter did say that he is really excited to just develop these guys. I forget exactly what his quote was. Um, But we have a very talented young pitching staff who, which I guess we didn't even really say on here, uh, the Tigers hired Chris Fetter from the University of Michigan to take oh, over yeah, as a new sorry. pitching coach. Yes. So shout out to him. Welcome to Motown. If you follow um, us on
1: Twitter, you saw that news already. Shout yes. out to Matthew for the graphic. Yes. Uh, yeah,
0: I, I don't know. I, I just think that the Tigers are a little too young to get too excited about what we think they are. They are headed in the right direction. Yes. And I really like...
1: And for what it's worth, the Pistons are as well.
0: Yes, I, I, yeah, I like where three of our four franchises are at, mm-hmm. given the fact that we know that they're in a rebuild, mm-hmm. retool situation. So that's why we wanted to talk about this. Sure. Like, We're starting to see, like, okay, these past few years have sucked, but it does feel better right now. This is the best. Somehow, we're in the heat of the Lions season, and we don't have all these other teams, and we're still able to say, I feel pretty good about
1: our teams right now because one of them just doesn't count. Yeah, you you see that Matthew at the end of the tunnel? You see that? What is that? Is that a little bit it's of light. is that a little bit of light? Yeah. Um a little bit of light. Let's let's transition. We're going to come back to the pistons here in a minute. Let's just very quickly say some nice things um about the Red Wings. And I'll start. Ooh. Let's just let's just do it. Um if you want to put the Wings at number 1, it's kind of weird, but I don't but I don't blame you and here's why I don't blame you. And we, we've hit on this, I swear, two or three times already. But if Stevie is able to land the guys on the contracts that he is. When the wings aren't even good and we're still going to be really bad next year. Imagine what he's going to be able to pull off when we are good. And what that time frame's is going to look like for the Red Wings as, as things kind of start to unfold. Um, That's going to be really fun to see. You know, and, and we, you know, kader has gone. And I know a lot of people were hoping for that for a long time. You got your wish. You ran him out of town. <laughs> I still don't believe he was here for 13 years. Pretty sure it was like seven. Um, But uh, yeah, I, you know, if you put the wings at one, that's fine. I
0: don't see any other way around it. I think when it comes to... Both situations, brightest future, closest to contending, however you want to word it. There's, I am, I don't like how confident I am in Iserman and the Iser plan and the Red Wings right now because I don't want to get my heart broken in like the first month of the upcoming season to be like, wow, we actually do still suck. Cause I know yeah. we're not going to be great. But to your point about Stevie bringing in all these free agents on crazy great contracts um, and getting these, like the Pistons example, glue guys or those supplemental um maybe third fourth line guys the thing that he did with tampa bay it wasn't even so much free agency as much as it was through the draft and did they draft stamkos with,
1: i believe so that's what i thought
0: i don't remember i don't remember if stevie did oh, but okay okay yeah we have so much draft capital And I think the Red Wings drafted approximately forty guys in this past draft. It was an unreal number of prospects, which is really exciting because in theory you need two or three of those to hit, and we got. I I think it's twelve. I think we actually drafted twelve, if I remember correctly. Um, So yeah, you only need a small fraction of those guys to guys to be good. Yeah, and. I don't think that's out of the question, given his history with the draft, pure luck. I mean, if you have that many uh, prospects that you could take in a draft, there's no way that you don't hit on at least one of them, you'd have to think. Yeah. Uh, and even with our young veteran leaders right now, namely uh, Mantha, Larkin, and Bertuzzi, I just really like where this team is at. I, I like the cleaning up of the roster uh, that Stevie has done. I like his focus. It, just listening to the guys on the team, which every team on any roster is pretty much always going to be confident in their team and the organization to say like, no, we want to win. We're going in the right direction and stuff. I, I don't know if anyone got a chance to read Abby's uh, letter in the Players Tribune. It's sad, it, very emotional. Even like, I completely understand wanting to get Abby out of here. It was time. I'm not upset about it, but to still like hate the guy. He he won with us. He got he got his cup. Uh, I think just the one, actually. Um, he had to have only gotten his one. He got his one cup. Yeah. Uh, it was only with, one. With us through the ups and downs. <laughs> it's it, it, it's sad to see him go, but at the very end of it, he was very confident in where we're headed. And he's like, believe. Yeah. Detroit will find a way. So I, I don't think there's any argument that Detroit is kind of, or not Detroit, I did the same thing as you. Yeah, The Red Wings, far and away in the number one spot. And I'm not. I'm, that's not saying 2021, 2022, we're, we're cup bound. But I love where the Red Wings are at right now.
1: So we put them all in a bunch of different places, but we agree the Lions are four. And let me be honest with you, <laughs> I don't really care where everybody, as long as we agree on who's four, I don't care who else is where. Um, as long as you don't put- But I will say, sorry,
0: prior to the season, like two months ago, Hand up. Uh, yeah, we knew where you were at. Lions were going to be we number know one where for you me. At. Yeah,
1: we know. Um, as long as you don't put the Pistons at number one, I no. Tigers are one for you though. Probably. Luke seemed very confident when he was on the show. He said the Pistons are getting back to the playoffs this year. So, I just yeah, uh, that's what I'm going off of. Number two. That's They're true. number two. Yeah, we just had to take the information that uh, that Luke gave us. Um. I want to transition a little bit, Matthew. Uh, So next week, a week from, well, by the time this releases, it'll be six days. But as of this recording, in about seven days approximately, we will be watching the NBA draft. Can you believe it? Can you believe we finally made it? This was supposed to happen four months ago. Sorry, five months ago. Five months ago. Then it was supposed to happen one month ago. And now, Matthew... Think of it like this. Two weeks from today, we will have our draft pick or picks, plural. Um, And Harry Giles is going to be a piston. Like, Christian Wood's going to be re-signed. Like, we're going to have a team. We're going to have an idea as free agency, you know, it will be underway. And we're going to know what we have a little bit
0: Um and that's, Do you mind running back through the timeline of things? I, I know you just mentioned the draft, but can you run back through free agency? Because one, for the listeners, and two, I am forgetting myself. When
1: you can start talking to people and when you can start signing people. Moratorium is lifted on trades this upcoming Sunday, which is really exciting. And I'm sure a lot of people <laughs> have seen the Chris Paul to Phoenix stuff that's going on right now. Matthew, I don't know if you saw that. I have not seen a thing about this. Chris Paul's going... With me. They're talking. Yeah, he might go to Phoenix. My thing is, if Sam Presti... You remember the old meme, like, if Danny Ainge calls, you hang up because you're going to get fleece? Yes. That's Sam Presti. That's, at this point, yeah. At this point, yeah. the dude got out of uh, Paul George and... Um, Russell Westbrook, the he dude got a got franchise. Like, the dude got like fifth. <laughs> like he could start his own expansion. Like he could move. He could open, uh, get a new team in Seattle, and like share the draft picks, and he's still gonna be fine. Like you just said. Like he got like 14 picks out of those two players. Absolutely unreal. Um, I'm hanging up the phone because I'm like, if I'm if I'm James Jones, block the number. If I'm, if I'm James Jones and I'm Phoenix, right? Because I I think we forget that James Jones is Phoenix's. He's, he's, he's calling the shots for them. And News to me. You didn't know that? Yeah, him and Jeff Bauer, no. old uh, Pistons GM. Excuse me. Jeff Bauer and, and James Jones. Listen, I'm on the phone with Sam Preston and they, He's probably like, you know, no multi-year deals. I only want expirings. And I want some picks, too. And if I'm James Jones, I'm like, brother, no. You don't need them. You do, I, you do not need them. But anyways, I don't want let's, to. Let's get back to, to, to the question at hand. Moratorium is lifted this upcoming Sunday, um, and then the draft is obviously the 18th. It's on Wednesday. I believe free agency opens on the 20th. Um, the moratorium there ends on the 22nd, so that's when deals can officially be signed. One month, And I think at noon, correct? I believe it is. I saw 6 p.m., and I also saw noon, so I don't know which one it is. It has to be noon. I remember it used to be midnight,
0: and then they moved it just because of writers i think literally like social yeah Mm -hmm. social media too yeah which is cool Eh, but whatever i i like waking up to my phone having like eight million notifications yeah uh
1: well with the way that you go to bed you'll probably still get that um and then camp opens what are the 10th i think of december and then um uh the season will open on the 22nd of december so as we move into the draft, Matthew, there's a lot of stuff flying around. Hearing a lot of rumors, a lot of speculation. Troy Weaver over the weekend, uh newly hired GM of the Detroit Pistons. This is a huge like 14 days for him. Because he hasn't the only thing we've gotten to see him do is like sign Justin Patton to like our mini bubble. And it's like Yep. Okay. You like Sweet. Yeah, okay, cool. Justin Patton. So this is like he gets to flex a little bit and we get to see like this is a huge moment for us to see what this Mm -hmm. guy can do with the near 30 million. Put your stamp on 30 million dollars that we have. Sorry, that was probably super loud um, in cap space. So um, CBS Sports, and I wrote an article about this, CBS Sports puts out a mock draft and they say Pistons trade up. To the number one pick in the draft. And they obviously take LaBello. So sometimes when people do mock drafts that include trades, they don't propose a trade. They just say that it happened. You know what I mean? And I always find that annoying because I'm like, no, 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 no. Do the extra work. What is this going to take? Don't just say, oh, this is going to happen. You know what I mean? So I click it and the trade is actually included. And I'm like, oh, this will be fun. I don't know if you read the article, Matthew. I don't know if you saw the mock draft.
0: Yours or the CBS
1: one? I read yours. It was the same trade proposal, so... Because I just included theirs. I'm not remembering it then. Okay. okay.
0: Oh, wait, sorry, sorry, sorry. To clarify, didn't you say that the trade wasn't properly displayed or that something? Was, so that know? was
1: my fault. That was my fault. I forgot to add... Um, so I read it before Probably fix. Yeah. So I, I didn't see... Th- okay. Because I, I, I left out the two players that are involved. I only... So that was... Somebody called me on that night, and, and I... So I thank you for that. But, um... Minnesota sends to Detroit the number one pick in the draft and James Johnson, okay? Detroit sends the number seven pick, so pick swap, a 2022 first-rounder, protections TBD, and Tony Snell. That's it. The rationale given was um, Minnesota gets a future asset in a draft class that is expected to be kind of loaded and a win-now asset. And I said, hold the phone. No disrespect (laughs) whatsoever to Tony Snell. I'm so sorry, Tony Snell. I love Tony Snell, and I love Drake, a.k.a. Snell Season, and he knows this. But what are we talking about? Minnesota was 28th in the league in three-point percentage, so like Tony Snell's going to help there, I guess. And he's an expiring contract, which is fun. Um, But let's not go overboard. And then I was like, is this trade not perfectly indicative of how everybody universally feels about this draft, that the number one pick in the draft involves a trade that is centered on Tony Snell and James Johnson. There's no major superstars, there's no major action happening. It's James Johnson and Tony Snell. You get what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. That should tell you how people really feel. You're not getting traditional first pick value. Out of a trade. So, you know, is that going to happen? I don't know. A lot of teams that could trade up. A lot of teams that want Lamelo. When Troy Weaver was doing his, um, his media availability, I forgot. I brought this up and then I don't think I even said anything about it. He was like, the plan is to stash the cupboard with second round picks. And I was like, brother, you are speaking to me. Yes. Even just one this year. I don't want to watch the Pistons pick at seven and that's the night. You know what I mean?
0: Well, because that's what we've been doing for what feels like a decade now and it just doesn't pan
1: out. We did the opposite in 2018 because we lost our first round pick to the Clippers. They proceeded to draft Miles Bridges and, um, oh, it's going to make me so mad. Who did they draft? It's going to make me so mad. A guy who's not in the league anymore. (laughs) And then they traded the pick. uh, They traded Miles to Charlotte. But Miles Bridges was our pick. I had to wait till pick, like, 47 to watch us draft bruce brown i'm like okay i actually kind of like that he turned out to be good so um yeah we could just get the reverse of that this year but the plan is to get more second rounders no idea how they're gonna do that i don't know if you can just be like hey if we give you like four hundred thousand dollars can you give us one of your picks and that's cash considerations right just do that Just do that a bunch of cut off like five million of our projected salary cap and just like you know what I mean? Like Oprah. so like Look under your care. Just send him a new case. Exactly. Yeah. Um, he then went on to mention, he, he expressed his interest in Cassius Winston. And I was like, oh boy, it's happening. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. That'll be really fun if that happens. There are a number of guys that I'm really looking forward to potentially getting in the second round. We'll hit on that more next week. We're going to have a little bit of an earlier episode, a day before, so it'll be a... On the day the draft releases next, uh, or the draft airs next Wednesday, the episode will release earlier that day instead of on Thursdays. Um, another thing to add in, Matthew Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer, I believe, yeah, wrote an article today. Christian Wood's not a secret anymore. <laughs> he was basically like, "Look at how good." This guy is. If you haven't heard Mm -hmm. of him, now you have. You're welcome. Pistons Mm -hmm. fans were like, man, we were so mad. Like, what are you doing? Shut up. The only... Do you real, I will... I'm
0: serious for a second. You will be disowned if we do not bring back
1: Christian Wood. I don't know why you keep thinking it's not... Okay, let me get out what I was going to say. Stop it. Let me say what I'm going to say. Let me say what I'm going to say, because this will calm you down. There was only one sentence that you needed to read in there. The Pistons are actively seeking a new deal. Great. Can't ask for anything more than that. Time to pack it up and go home, fellas. Funniest thing to me is that Christian Wood's projected value is $1 million more than what Andre Drummond's would have been if he opted out. Christian Wood was valued at about 15.6, I think. Andre was like 14.8, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Andre's in the gym talking about, like, I do this every day, and it's him hitting threes, and he, like, throws up a pump fake, and I'm like, who who's biting on that? Who's, <laughs> <laughs> like, unbelievable? who's going up on an Andre Drummond pump fake from 27 feet? I hate to hate on Andre, but, man, what a... I
0: What a situation.
1: Yeah. That's something else. So I'm going to be really excited for the draft to happen. Like I said, we'll get into it a little bit more. Are we going to trade it for Lamelo? I don't know. You know, man, I... in
0: To your point earlier about the... Was it from CBS? CBS Sports. Trade? With that mock draft, I agree. Like, I, I don't think it's going to take... Uh, another, we would send Derrick Rose back to Minnesota, and ugh, I don't think we would move Luke for like this first overall pick. Well, yeah, you know. But that's what I was just going to ask, and we'll, we'll get into it more next week, so I don't want to like overdo it. Without being specific, unless you want to, do you think, hypothetically, we have. The assets no, available, no, not even to close. trade up into the first overall. Not even, okay. no,
1: and that, and it's funny because um, right before this mock draft even came out, like an hour before, I literally was like, my biggest reservation with moving up in the draft is it means we trade Luke. He's like the only asset that people would be interested in, and I have no right. interest in doing that. So agreed. So because of that, I'm out. I'm I'm fine with staying at seven. The guys or well guy or guys that we would possibly want there are like they're probably going to fall to us. So. Um, I was like, no. And then that trade comes out. I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can Minnesota not find anything better than this? If they can't, yeah, pull the trigger. Probably. I don't know. Maybe you can get a a different 2022, uh, first rounder through some other means down the road, or if you just make it like a top five protected. Um, so that way. When that time comes, you can be like you can just be like, Okay, we have to be really bad this season so we can get Amani Bates. And I think that's the biggest thing is like I think he's projected to be twenty twenty two. It's like you kinda want that pick just to be safe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, do like what New Orleans did. You win thirty five games and your reward for that is getting Zion Williamson. <laughs> um But but no, Matthew, no, we do not have the thing the assets to to pull anything like that off, and that's why I know that's, that's the main reason why I don't think it's going to happen. Um, and I, and I, and it also worries me because there's a certain player who was reportedly promised by the Pistons that if he's there at seven, we're going to draft him. And we, we can talk about it next week or we can go into it now. Leave people on a little cliffhanger. If you know, you know, some people know Patrick Williams from Florida state.
0: Oh, I've been, that's what I've been hearing. Actually. I forgot about that. Yeah.
1: Really annoying. I
0: have been hearing uh, a conspiracy that it is some sort of smokescreen as well.
1: <laughs> um, okay. Talk to me about that.
0: That's it. I, people think that it's just a smokescreen because Troy Weaver's trying to get people to think like, that's who we're taking. And everyone's like, well, we want him. What do you know that we don't know? So then people are going to try to take a uh, jump in front of us, do something to where they end up taking him, let's say like four through, se- uh, four through six. And then we have our guy at seven.
1: It's like draft, whoever our guy is, but it's like when the Pistons were like, we could draft it too. Like there's a chance we might get the second pick in the draft or the third. And it was like Lamelo is probably going to be gone, but like Killian will still be there. How good do you feel right now about drafting Killian at two or three? Probably not great. Feels kind of like ah, it's a little bit. I don't know. Patrick Williams at seven, sir. No, thank you. I have my I have my own reasons for not wanting him. I guess we can just talk about him now really quick. I just got a few things to say. I wrote an article the other day. Three players the Pistons want to avoid in the draft. James Wiseman, pretty much everyone agrees. Obi Toppin, pretty much everybody with a brain agrees. The third one, I was like, let's get weird. Patrick Williams, no, sir. He's a defensive wing. He's like 6'8", 225. I'm all about the frame. I love it. I really do. The way that he's able to run dudes off the line and contest on shots, it's really fun. Like it's like a Dwayne Casey, his version of not Stanley Johnson, but like that type of player where it's like, no, no, no. Isaac Okoro Piqued my interest. Isaac Okoro (laughs) is the Stanley Johnson of this draft, but um, who I like, but hasn't worked out with the Pistons. Um, But with Patrick Williams, it's like I don't care how good he is defensively. The guy just doesn't like to score, which is fine. I think if you're going to be a one-way player, it's okay if you're prioritizing defense. I think that's a weird thing to say, but it's you know what I mean. Like you're you're, you'll you'll get away with more. I feel like people aren't going to rag on you that much. Here's the thing: a guy who's like a defensive anchor and is like you know kind of what you need in order to win a championship, but like kind of doesn't really like to score that much because like he's not great at it, even if he had potential in college. It's just Draymond Green to me. And the Pistons aren't at a point right now where they need, like, a Draymond Green. They need, like, a Steph Curry. And here's the problem. A, you're never going to find a Steph Curry. B, there's definitely not one in this draft. And C, the reason why you might have to bite the bullet on a guy like Patrick Williams is everybody in this draft is just role players anyways. You know what I mean? So you kind of just have to live with it. So that's why I'm like, don't draft him at 7, especially if, like, Killian's there or Tyrese Halliburton is there or, like, Onyeka Okongabu is there. But if... By some miracle, they're all gone, I guess, but I don't want Patrick Williams at seven. To your point,
0: you think that Killian Hayes would still end up just being a role player? Even, obviously, like after a few years
1: of developing? Well, he's one of the few that definitely has a chance to not be. Yeah. Sure.
0: Which is kind of what I... thought you I think, would say yeah I, think, I just wanted
1: to clarify if maybe I was missing something no I just mean for the most part it's just kind of like a take your pick of a guy who's which I would I would agree with most that, of yeah. these guys like I think Patrick Williams is a glue guy which is great you need that I'm not, it's not a slight like you need that but that's not what the Pistons need right now we have Bruce Brown I'm okay that's that's all right I don't know plus I don't want do we need another wing right now no. You need a point card. Please, yes, please I think, take someone who can bring the ball up. I also think Okonga is a guy who could be really, really good at the next level. He's either going to be just like a really good center or just, I don't know, fine. But I don't think he's going to be bad.
0: I hate to talk about Michigan State again, but do you see any situation? Who do you think is more likely going to get drafted? Do you think Tillman Tillman going first round.
1: Xavier Tillman, A, worked out okay. with the Pistons. And B, um, yeah, he's it's not he's going first round for sure. I think Miami's really, that's a really fun spot for him. I would like that
0: fit. Mm-hmm. I, I would like that fit a lot. Yeah,
1: Xavier Tillman is 100% going in the first round. Cassius will, you know, we'll see what happens. But it's not a question with, with Tillman.
0: I'll kind of leave it on a cliff note because I do have quite a few. Fingers crossed here because I have draft-related questions that I want to ask, but I don't want I want to ask them now just in case something happens prior to our next recording to where I don't even get to ask them because hopefully in theory, by the time we record our next episode, we have a better idea of what we're doing in the draft. I kind of don't want it to be a
1: night of situation. I think you're going to, that's what a lot of it's going to be. Forgot who it was. They said the draft starts at four, not eight. A lot of that stuff's going to be the day of, I bet. Balls. Okay. Yeah.
0: Which, it doesn't surprise me, it doesn't bother me, but literally for the sake of the podcast, that's kind of what well, I was Well, you can shoot one to... question if you'd like. We'll wrap it up on that. Current drafts, draft position is 7 Mm-hmm. What do you think is more likely, and which would you prefer, that we draft at seven, or we hopefully add some picks and pick later?
1: Do you mean trading back while also getting more picks in the process? Yeah. So, like the the Boston, like how there's the th- the theory out there that Boston has three first rounders they could trade all three of them to Detroit for seven like that's what you mean sure cuz yeah. i i don't know i don't know i really don't cuz if killian's there you feel bad you're like mm, we might have we might have blown that but otherwise you can still get like Theo Maladon um people really want like Tyrese Maxey i don't know i think that's weird if you trade back i don't know you could get Tillman if you wanted
0: I wouldn't hate Tyrese Maxey though. I don't. I don't know what his role would be with us, other than like just kind of a catch and shoot kind of guy. I, which he, that's not fully his play style,
1: but I just see that being the way we. No, nah, he's aggressive, use him. man. I, and here's the thing: I didn't like him for so long, and then I realized something. Nick, think of like some of the best guards in the league. Like twenty five percent of them went to Kentucky in the last ten years: <laughs> Jamal Murray, Tyler Hero. Uh, Aaron Fox. So it's like, and uh, J- John Wall. Like, there's so many that we could name. Um, it's just at a point where it's like, well, you should probably take a chance on him if you can. I know Aaron Nesmith worked out with the Pistons. That would be kind of fun. I really like Sadiq Bay. Um, so
0: shout out to Brandon Knight. No, does <sighs> that that worked? <laughs>
1: that see, yeah, I, I would be curious. It's different to know. now, but. I would be really curious to know what like the turnover rate is of like guys who relatively speaking I suppose were actually good NBA players who went to Kentucky and the ones who were bad. Cuz like Willie cauley Stein, yeah. Yeah. The Harrison Twins, nope.
0: Didn't do nothing. The way you the way you answered my question though made it seem like you are expecting a decision on pick 7 would come before we're actually on the clock though. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I, I could see if we don't make a, a trade early, my guess is we're gonna like if if Killian Hayes is on the board, that's probably what we're doing. Yeah, I
1: agree with that. And and yeah,
0: and if if he's not, we're probably gonna be on the phone with somebody to to move back.
1: I think if we do something in the first round, I, I think we'll hear about that a little bit early, even if if even if that means we're on pick three. I think more. we'll know about it then. But I, I think if the Pistons end up getting any second-round picks, that will 100% be a night-of thing. Like Adam, We don't even know it oh, no, until Adam yeah. Silver comes up to the podium and was like, hey, this pick got traded to Detroit. Like It's going to be one of those things. So if we get second-rounders then, but we're, we're, we're almost talking too much about the draft. So, Matthew, I don't know who the Lions play on Sunday. I don't care who they play on Sunday. Um, we're going to cover more draft stuff next week, but if you want to give your score since it's just sort of what you do, we can end on that. We
0: play Washington. Oh, who cares? I got nothing for this game. Yeah. Like, we're already at a point where I just want to lose out again, but I also don't because I don't. But at this point, what's the point of winning? So, I don't know, 20 to 17 Lions. Love it. It's going to be gross.
1: Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, if you made it this far, genuinely thank you very, very much. Next week, once again, we will be back with our draft special. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcast, be sure to rate five stars and subscribe. We will catch you guys in the next one. You yeah.